0: Audio is thanking and all members of the public have been admitted. Good afternoon, Chair Riley and PIDAC members. This meeting has been held pursuant to government code section 54953, subsection E, and in light of the declared state of emergency, the regular meeting of the Economic Development Advisory Committee meeting, for March 7th, 2022 will be conducted telephonically via Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website.
1: All right, thank you, Serge. Uh, hello everyone, welcome to the March 7th uh, Economic Development Advisory Committee meeting. It's good to see all of you. Hopefully soon we could all do this in person. Um, some of you I've been working with for a year and I haven't met in person, so uh, that would be, Uh, a true treat Uh, we have a great agenda today I will work hard to keep us on schedule and we should be able to wrap up two items about our agenda I'd like to uh, inform you about Um, item 4d which was the HDL revenue report for Q4 of last year uh, they were going to present that today I put that on the agenda for today but I had made a mistake they had informed me that they wouldn't have the report ready until next week and so we're going to have to remove that from the agenda today and it'll be on our April agenda. And HGL is the organization that um, does all the reporting on the taxes. And we want that information because we want to start building a baseline, right? And understanding how our activities can be approved in different parts of our business. So I apologize, but we're removing item 4D. Um, and, uh, and that was my mistake to have put it on the agenda for today. I'd also like to make a request that we take item 40, which is an introduction to this one Mike Wagner, who's with us. Um, and move it to the beginning of the agenda. He is super busy um, and I just wanted us all to meet him and understand his remit. And then uh, he can choose to drop off and get back to some important work uh, post that. So is everyone okay with us adjusting the agenda in that fashion? All right, very good. Um, I'd like to open this meeting by asking for public comment for items that are not on the agenda. Serge, can you help me with that?
0: Please? Yes, um, a video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it's your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press start nine and each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. Chair Riley, I see no hands raised or public comment on items not on the agenda.
1: Thank you, George. Um Item number three in the agenda was approval of minutes for our last meeting. Um, unfortunately, we do not have those minutes to be approved uh, ready at this meeting. But we will review them at our next meeting. So um, there are no minutes to approve at this time.
2: Well, I don't know. Can
1: we, can we ask everybody to mute, please, if you're not speaking? Yes, please. Thank you, Julie.
3: Also, we still need to do the roll call.
1: Ah, was that Teresa who came up? Uh, yes. Um, I'm so anxious to stay on agenda that I just forget those important things. So we're going to go back to item number one on uh, the call to order and ask Serge to conduct a roll call.
0: Um, Bob Laline? Teresa, I'm here. John <laughs> DeRay? <Dr>. <laughs> Let me... John DeRay, I do see him on screen. John DeRay, can you indicate that you're here? Uh, I'm present. Great. Rachel Stabb? I'm in the room. Scott Orenberg? I present. Chris Gallagher? Here. Malcolm Morgan? Yes, here. I Monica Finnegan?
4: I'm here.
0: Vandaglo? Here. Teresa Ancona? Present. Kev Green? Here. Chair Riley? I'm
1: present. you have access to the Someone that um, could go on mute and has background noise, that would be appreciated. Okay, I'd like to move to uh, business items and item 4A. Um, I've had the pleasure of working one of the new team members in the city, Mike Wagner, who's managing our properties. And I don't have any specific agenda other than I thought it'd be helpful for us to meet Mike, understand what his responsibilities are for the city so that uh, we can engage with them as appropriate um, as we're focusing on our economics. And so with that, uh, I'd like to just turn over the floor to Mike. Mike, maybe you can give your background on what your responsibilities are and... Um, sure
5: if we have any questions from um, uh, the committee. Great. Uh, Thank you so much, everyone, for inviting me to be part of this meeting. Uh, I've met a lot of you already. Uh, Not everyone. I look forward to meeting those who I've not met as yet. Uh, My name, again, is Mike Wagner. Uh, I'll give you a little background about myself. Uh, I graduated from University of California, Davis. Uh, I've been in private and governmental real estate for about the last 40 years. Uh, my last government position was county real estate director for the county of Sonoma. I've worked there about 24 years. Uh, and most recently, I've been working in addition to the city of Sausalito for a regional developer out of Petaluma. So my experience is really both private sector and government sector. Um, I kind of understand sometimes how the government sector, people don't always understand the economics of market. And and I understand some times how uh, people in in the private sector don't understand some of the procedural things that government people have to go through. So I've perspective on this work. <clears throat> um, I'm really excited to be part of the city team uh, and a part of the community at large. Um, I've been working for the city for about three months now uh, during which I've been learning what the city owns, what it leases, uh, who's who in Sausalito. Uh, obviously you're all who's who. <laughs> uh, what the city, uh, excuse me, uh, What the, where the city has problems, where there are, uh, looks like there are opportunities. And uh, I, I'm really looking forward to helping the city serve its constituents while trying to maximize revenues and support all of you on EDAC. Um, So thank you very much for the opportunity to meet you and I'm happy to take questions.
1: So I have a general question and I've always been curious just how many properties does the city have? Do you have a number for that or is it? Uh, I don't have the number off the top of my head.
5: Um, uh, We own a lot, I would say between one and 200, uh, depending on how you define property. You know, if you include rights-of-way or rights away way remainder, the number's higher. If you're just looking at uh, individual city-owned properties, it's it's probably less than, you know, 35, 40. So it really depends on how you define that. But the city has substantial holdings. Um, we have a lot of Tidelands real estate. Uh, we have a lot of uh, suites available at MLK, uh, where we have schools and makers. Um, I think there's some opportunities downtown of course, there's City Hall, there's the old fire station, which isn't being put to good use right now. Uh, so, you know, it, it really, it, it, I have, there's a lot. City has actually more holdings than I imagined they did when I started.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty small city. It's a question. pretty small
5: city for what for what it owns, really.
1: Yeah, um, I think our vice chair asked has a question.
3: Yeah, hi, Mike, good to see you hi. again. Um, and did you get the GIS support you need, or is there anything I can do to support you on that?
5: Um, I think we're on a good track right now. Uh, I've got BKF under contract to do. Uh, they've actually agreed to do uh, I, what I would call a photogrammetric inventory. So they're they're going to plot all the tidelands leases and also some uh, some. You know interests of I mean some legal descriptions of interest and some other things so that we can help better understand our waterfront and where the boundary lines are Uh, when I started this job I imagined there would be a map that showed uh, you know because we have many Thailand's leases where those leasehold boundaries were. and it turns out the city does not or you know not that I'm aware of one so I think this will be a really helpful uh, jumping off point to better understand our waterfront, and I'm hoping to identify some opportunities for other Tidelands leases as a result.
3: Great. And did you have you guys determined who owns the streets?
5: Uh, I'm in the middle of that.
3: Um, <laughs> I hear that's pretty, uh, uh, of
5: course, the city owns the streets, but uh, there okay. are forgive me I'm not you know and I'm not sure really who's all on the call so I, I'm being a little cautious there there are some areas in some streets where um, there might there may possibly be some areas of you know uncertainty um, and that's the, those are the pieces that I'm working on great thank you thank you
3: our
1: chamber of commerce CEO uh, Julie has her hand up
4: hi Mike nice to meet you virtually I have a question. Hi, how much of the property the city owns is currently leased and how much, you know, are there large properties that are sitting there that are not being leased that the city's making payments on?
5: So, Other than okay. we know
4: B of A's in the works. But
5: Right, right. So kind of two answers to that question. Um, there are a number of suites at MLK. We're talking, you know, less than 6,000 square feet in total, maybe less, maybe even a little less, uh, where we have some opportunities to find new tenants. Of course, there, we, we need the tenants to conform to the zoning, uh, which, uh, you know, uh, prefers schools and makers, people like that artists. Um, uh, The, um, in the second part of that answer is, I'm hoping that my Thailand inventory will uh, identify some other properties. There's maybe hopefully some valuable properties that we might be able to to create leaseholds for, issue RFPs for them, what have you. Okay,
6: thank you.
7: You're welcome, thank you. Oh, please. Hi Mike, um, hey. along those same lines, not to name tenants, but are you finding a, that there's leases that um, are in default for one reason or another, and number two, um, is there a pretty good size account receivable type number out there for non paying tenants? Yeah, unfortunately, I found,
5: uh, you know, if you, if you set aside that people are behind one month or something, I, I, I found... Uh, Eight to nine tenants who are pretty seriously behind in their rent. Uh, I've collected from one of them. i working on some others right now. Um, uh, you know, I think I think uh, the city. I think what I hope to bring to the city is a is a kind of a consistent method of tracking those receivables. You know, doing the dialing for dollars that need to be done, posting three day notices, taking the ones that you know really are. Are, are a problem, and the tenants are not willing to pay uh, to, you know, potentially unlawful detainer actions, eviction actions, um, and uh, you know. So I'm actively working on those right now. Thank you, Bob.
8: Mr. Duray. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Uh, hi, Mike. Welcome. Hi, John. Uh, I've got a question about um, the uh, the lease durations. Uh, uh, Do you have um, uh, certain authority to um, lease a property for a particular uh, period or, and and actually the pricing as well, how is that determined? Do you work with the city manager um, or are you given some guidelines? You know, the reason I ask that is there's some, there's some properties that, um, you know, have been given uh, recently decades uh, long lease. Uh, um, so it's an important question, I think, that should uh, should be brought up. Thank you.
5: So I heard two things. One was, do I have authority? Uh, three things. Do I have authority? Uh, how do we determine what rates to charge? And what about leases that have really long terms on that? Did I get you right, John? Yes, that's it. Okay, okay. so it, generally in government settings, someone like me would not have the absolute authority to lease space. Uh, usually councils or or boards they will delegate um, authority to someone like the city manager uh, up to a certain limit and then over that threshold you know it has to go to the full council and this is so that we we don't uh, take a you know a one-year lease for 500 square feet and and drag them through an enormous long process of scrutiny right they're pretty no-brainers if they meet the zoning they're paying market rent Um, so that's one of the policies that I'm working on right now. is is a way to do that. Chris does have some authority. Um, another part of your question I heard was how do we determine those rents? And uh, my approach to to things like rents is always to look at the market and to do a market study frequently. Uh, I ha- I get comps from the many the major brokerage houses uh, comps that aren't necessarily published online and I used that together with uh, online data sources to determine what market rates are. And in fact, I just did a market study for the MLK property uh, in connection with the new village schools uh, expansion there. So that we ensure sure we were charging market rates. And as a result of that, we actually are charging them more than was originally planned and they agreed to it. Um, and now I've forgotten the last part, oh, long-term leases. The city does have a a good number of leases with extremely long terms. Uh, some of them with decades left on those terms, uh, and you know uh, those are challenging because you, you just can't go in and say you know we're changing the deal on you. Uh, although sometimes opportunities arise. For example, if a tenant needs to needs to uh, you know do a remodel or expand or uh, or or get a special kind of financing you know it, it gives sometimes it gives uh, cities an opportunity to renegotiate those terms um did i get answer all your
8: questions john you did thank you so much
1: you're very welcome thank you right. public comment i want to see if there's any other questions from our committee great so we're going to go to public comment and then we have an opportunity to make some final comments uh with uh, our discussion with Mike, So um, Serge, can you open up for public comment, please?
0: Sure, uh, video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it's your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press start nine and each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. Chair Riley, I see no hands raised at the moment.
1: Thank you Serge. Let um, me just close out with a comment from Mike. Um, I have engaged with Mike on a couple projects uh, and we're so fortunate to have someone with his expertise uh, truly understanding the markets and leases and that kind of um, working with the public sector. Um, what I've seen of leases here, uh, the city's been a very benevolent landlord. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of leases out there you're like wow those, those are quite advantageous to the tenants and I I think it's really a result of you know us looking at every building as you know just a one-off versus looking at this as a portfolio of properties. And I think having someone like Mike that looks across all the properties um, will really benefit the city. And I think it was a tremendous move by our city manager to uh, bring on Mike. So that's my comment. I don't know if any others have thoughts to share. A lot of thumbs ups, Mike.
5: Thank you for the confidence.
1: Um, Yes, well, it's great to have you and uh, we know it'll really benefit our city in many ways. Okay, well then we'll let you go back to your busy day or you're welcome to hang out with us. Um, I'd like to move on to another guest speaker on now, uh, what was item 4A? And we are going to have um, Heidi Scoble, who is our Assistant City Manager and City Clerk, Um, lead a discussion about our committee and terms. And I'll just throw it out there Uh, we are a committee of 12 members and in the next three months six of us are going to have our terms expire Uh, and that's a significant number of us Um, and I thought it'd be good to have Heidi come and talk about the process uh, what happens when someone's term is expiring and um, so we enter into this uh, one hopefully coming out of it with all the same members Um, there's opportunities to extend terms uh, but also you know for new members or new folks that would like to apply and how the city council makes their decisions so with that may I introduce Heidi Scoble our next guest speaker
9: hi and good afternoon chair Riley members of the EDAC and thank you chair Riley for teeing up this conversation what I'll do is I will start um put together a little slide presentation um, just to provide with a little bit of a background, although Chair Riley, you did such a fantastic job, I'm not even sure why I'm here. But um, just to give everyone kind of a, a background on um, how we got to where we are today, I thought it would be just important to provide a little timeline of the EDAC. So as you know, the EDAC was formed in, on April 28th, 2020, and it basically um, established a membership opportunity from seven to 11 members at that time. and since then um, the city council had conducted a variety of different public hearings to establish the membership categories term limits and the appointments of the members and um, most recently the the membership was modified on October 13th 2020 when the membership was revised from 11 to 12 members and the city council appointed our chair Tom Riley so As part of the establishment of the EDAC, it was identified that there would be um, three varieties of term limits. You would have three members that would have a one-year term limit, four members that would have a two-year term limit, and five members that would have a three-year term limit. Um, And in terms of the maximum length of service, the municipal code max, establishes a maximum amount of six years in terms of your length of service. So if you're on the EDAC um, for a few years, not more than six, and you take a break, um, then for at least a year, then it resets it back to the beginning. But if you have more than six consecutive years, then you would be out of conformance regarding um, your membership. In terms of the different types um, or the complement of the EDAC, uh, there are a variety of members, as you know, Um, they're a combination of hospitality retail members, business um, members, which would be more like financial institutions or other business owners that are not hospitality or retail. Um, There's a variety of industrial, maritime, and arts users and residents. And as you know, We have our liaison from the Sausalito Chamber of Commerce, Julie Vieira that has been appointed as a non-voting member, but provides a lot of great input um, and advice. And then we also have our current city council liaisons, which um, consists of council member Sobieski and our former mayor, uh, Jill Hoffman, our current mayor, um, Janelle Kelman has um, decided to opt off of the EDAC membership at this time Um, as part of the EDAC um, there are requirements in our municipal code that every year the chair of the EDAC um, needs to come up for a vote the current chair may be appointed by a majority of the membership um, to serve two consecutive years but not more than that so what do we currently have so this slide here provides our current membership and the members whose terms are expiring so we have John DeRay, uh, Scott Bardberg, and Rachel um, Stuart, whose memberships are expiring this April, 2022. And then we have Malcolm Morgan, Monica Finnegan and Walt lemmer whose two-year terms are expiring in June, 2022. And um, I'd just like to point out a couple um, items in terms of this list. Um, our current member, Bob Lilayne, um replaced Marina O'Neill. So although it says a three-year term, um, Basically, Mr. Lillane was filling in for Marina's um, current term and that term expires June 2023 and then we had uh, Cass Green and Don Dilo who were reappointed last year and so they're on their second appointment and they were appointed to three-year terms and there's currently also uh, an alternate um, spot that's vacant and then we also have a 94965 liaison spot that's vacant. So, in terms of next steps, our city council is going to be conducting a special hearing on March 26, 2022. That is a Saturday. At this time, the council will be conducting interviews um, for new applicants and will make appointments or reappointments either at that meeting or they could decide to continue it to their next regular meeting. So if any of the current members whose terms are expiring either in April or June of this year, have any interest in terms of continuing your service, please email either of uh, Serge Avila, our acting city clerk or myself, and um, we'll be happy to add you to the list of current applicants. Um, because these are reappointments, our policy is that um, you do not need to resubmit um, a new application, but just let Serge or I know um, that you are intending to request a reappointment so with that I conclude my presentation and I'm available to answer any questions that you may have
1: I do have a question um thank you for pointing out other liaisons uh, have you been formally appointed as a staff liaison because it was Chris
9: um I have not um, formally appointed um, I'm happy to serve uh, at the pleasure of our city manager Um, And I will be just listening in um, to these meetings and filling in when our city manager needs to jump off. But I will be um, keeping an active and close relationship with EDAC in the interim.
1: Thank you. The second question, um, for um, the city council, is there a list of applicants that have applied to EDAC that will be reviewed on the 26th beyond members that want to renew?
9: Um, I've not seen any new applicants uh, the city does have an active board management um, software system and there have been applicants for other positions but um, we haven't seen any new edac um, applications that said um, over the past couple weeks our um, director of communications out of chambers has been um, providing announcements in the currents um, that the city is accepting applications currently and will continue to do so up until Um, I guess, a couple weeks before
1: uh, the interviews. Okay, I see Councilmember council member, Jill Hoffman has her hand up.
9: Yeah, first let me
4: apologize for coming in late. I was on a call actually with Chris, who now wants me to apologize for him for not being able to come because he's attending to some (laughs) budget, late breaking budget issues. So anyway, thank you. Um, And thanks to everybody. Uh, who have you know served so much on this committee? We so appreciate all of your hard work um, and dedication. So I just wanted to um, throw those two things out there. And um, I would expect. I mean, this is a this is a a, a really engaged committee. So um, you know, who knows what will happen before we make our uh, we're sitting in the room. But I would guess that there are going to be people that are going to apply a lot of extra applications, but I, so I just want to throw that out, but thanks to
1: everybody. Thank you, Jill. Any other questions from uh, the committee members? Yes, vice chair Cass, great.
3: Thank you. Um, Tom, I think you've been notified from one member whose appointment is up, term is up, that they're not going to reapply, um, so should we, have it made known to the community that there is at least one position open? Well,
1: we actually um, have three positions open. I had, you know, possibly three, at least two. Uh, We have an alternate uh, and that's how Bob became a member. He was an alternate and it was very easy for him to um, fill Marina's seat. Uh, And we have a 94965 liaison spot. Um, And I'd really, I'd like all of us to reach out to our connections in Rin City and see if we can get uh, someone there, uh, you know, engaged in working with us. Um, So those are two outreaches. And we have six members and each each of the members needs to um, determine if they'd like to continue working with this group. It's my sincere hope. One of the things I love about this is the diversity we have, how much we learn about this city from each other and this has been a great committee and like you know we're just getting into the groove of things so i hope we can continue all working but uh i also like to get um a list of candidates you know ready for the 26th so that we can uh, uh, fill the spots we have okay any Oh, I see Heidi, yes.
9: Yeah, And thank you, Chair Riley. Um, You know, I just quickly looked at our software and it looks like we do have two new applicants that are within the city boundaries that have applied. And then if um, I added any confusion to our conversation, um, although the city council members will be conducting interviews on March 26th, if those members whose terms are expiring in June would like to be considered for reappointment at that time, then please let us know as well. So we can make that um, appointment ahead of their expiration dates.
1: Great. Um, I think this would be a perfect time to open up for public comment on this item, and then we can make final comments. So Serge, can you open this up for public comment, please?
0: it looks like we do have one hand brace and that's Sandra Bushmaker. Sandra, you've been unmuted and I should share your video.
1: Sandra, you're muted. Sandra, um, if you can unmute, please.
10: Yeah, you know, when this clock, I've got a barking dog. Could you just excuse me for a second? Here, (laughs) help. Anyway, it was when you called for public comment, bye. (laughs) when you called for public comment I am not on the agenda I was kicked off so I just wanted to mention that I don't know if this is a good time to bring stop
1: it It is a good
10: time to to bring up the issue or not it is related to the composition of the of the uh, and, and the duties of the committee
1: members Yes, this is the opportunity for public comment on that, yes.
10: Okay, well, what I was going to say for items not on the agenda is I would highly recommend that EDAC members uh, attend some of the city finance committee meetings uh, because you are an economic development group. There's a lot of information in those finance committee meetings, uh, which I sit through. Uh, and uh, I think that would benefit the committee a lot to to look at trends in the city, look at the, the financial, uh, uh, obligations and the financial challenges facing the city in helping you uh, uh, design your activities. So that's it. That's all I had. Sorry for the dog barking.
1: <laughs> that was, uh, sound advice. And we all have dogs in the background. Okay, thank you. Um, at this time, any other public comment?
0: Chair Riley, there are no other hands raised
1: okay i'd like to uh, offer one comment um it was pointed out that each year we should um look at the chair and vice chairs kind of the officers of the committee and so what i would suggest is maybe we get through this process and finalize the makeup going forward uh you know a month or two out and at that time we have a discussion about the chair uh vice chair and secretary roles Um, we should revisit it every year and um rather than kind of like doing it now, uh, albeit I've been in the seat for a year, but I think maybe if we wait till we have the new makeup and we know what the team is, and then we can make those decisions. Is everyone comfortable with that? Great. Okay. Um, any other comments on this before we move on? Thank you all. Uh, we'll move on to item 4B, uh, which is marketing and events update. And I'll turn this over to Scott and Monica to lead this conversation. Um, Monica, do you want to kick off
11: or I can provide a few updates? Okay, I'll get started and then she can chime in um so on um on the marketing front um Wednesday Night Live was last week we had a very successful Wednesday Night Live um the uh, CDA I don't believe is able to join us today for this call there was a conflict um, but we will ask them to um, provide their regular monthly marketing metrics report um, and we'll be sure to distribute that around to the whole committee so everyone can see um, the progress Um, But just a few quick highlights um, for the last uh, Wednesday Night Live, we were able to distribute um, that out to the broader Bay Area publications um, that included Johnny Fun Cheap, the East Bay Times, Pacific Sun, Bay Area Parent, um, Petaluma 360, SF Station, SF Mom Collective, Cron, East Bay Magazine, Sonoma Magazine, and and a few others. So uh, we're still getting great traction on, um, on getting our news and information out there uh which is great um the um the uh social media accounts are growing Um, and again i'll I'll be sure to send out updates on those soon we are posting um, more from other businesses locally um tagging more local businesses so um, as you're out in the community speaking to people um, do be sure to have them tag destination sausalito in their posts um, that gives us an opportunity to reshare things um, within those um, tagged social media posts. Um, so all all growing there, and like I said, we'll send out a full metrics report later. Monica, um, I will will pass it to you for additional updates. I see here. There you go.
4: Let me see if I have progressed in technology and can square my square my machine, share my screen um here we go um can you see
12: yes
4: this screen okay it's not opening there we go um we have been having great support from kimber and from parks and rec and have developed the the, uh sort of attached format here for some of the um flyers that we're sending out either through distribution or we've just cleaned up the kiosk at the station. And this is for our, and Joe DeBellis, our well-known in the city has done a lot of.
1: Not we cannot see your poster. So we still see the, uh, the icon that you clicked on.
4: You cannot see no.
2: Monica,
4: probably uh, opened okay. Monica wait, wait. Probably, anybody can
2: tell me how to post it. Monica, it probably opened in a new window when you double clicked on it. And so you need to unshare your screen and then share again and look for the window where the poster is displayed.
4: Okay, let's I don't want to take too much time um to show you that. What about this one? This is showing a schedule. Is that sharing? Can you see that?
11: Yeah, well, same thing.
4: Okay. Okay. All I was going to show you is. Um, yes, just
2: unshare your screen and then hit share again, and you will see that one of the windows is the poster that you want to show. Now hit share again.
1: Ian Sobies, he's not only a council member, he's IT support. I <laughs>
4: know.
1: Oh, That's that why we're in so much trouble in the city, for sure. Is that working? It looks
4: like Does that
1: work?
4: Yes. Yes?
1: There
4: you go. That's okay, us. all right. So these are the flyers and the, that we've been posting um, and distributing through email and some of the other distribution sites. Um, Pat Ronzoni and Joe Debellas. They're very much involved in the women's club and all throughout the city with a lot of different um, performances. So this is Wednesday Night Live, Caledonia and Pine Street, April 6th. I don't know if Scott already talked about this or not, but. We had a great turnout uh last Wednesday Night Live with a lot of folks down on Caledonia and it was really really fun um this is the next one that's coming up um May 4th or Cuatro de Mayo instead of Cinco de Mayo and we're fortunate to have Copita uh, share in the expense of this um really cool Mariachi band it's Mariachi Nuevo Generacion And they come from the mission and they should really um, add a lot of fun to that night. And this time it will be at a 750 Bridgeway. We are alternating between Caledonia and Bridgeway instead of cannibalizing uh, by having them all throughout the city. So I think that's turned out uh, to be a lot um, better. And then let me see if I can get back to... um, trying to show the uh, schedule.
12: And I'm not sure I can do that. Um,
4: okay. I don't need to go into all the details. We've got everything, we have everything planned through the balance of the year. So that's actually taken a lot of, um, scrambling around to try to get that completed and we've got another really great lineup all the way through the end of the year and it should be a ton of fun Um, and we really ask for everybody to give some help to this I think this is pretty well um, on route now because we have the system set up for the flyers we have the banners in front of Caledonia Um, we've got a lot of the um, uh, everything kind of sort of tuned in so we're
1: ready to rock and roll and we really, really want you guys to show off. So it's pretty fun. I would share, Monica uh, with a number of others on this committee came up with the idea of Wednesday Night Live. Uh, Wednesday, in particular, it's midweek and it's generally a quiet night. So how can we help out our merchants and ultimately even our hotels um, by getting a regular event the first Wednesday of every month that people become familiar with? Um, I will share with you, last Wednesday, Every table at every restaurant in Caledonia was booked. Um, I went in to order a drink at one of the bars and I asked the bartender um, what he thought of Wednesday Night Live. And he said, the next one, they need to add another bartender. And so um, I think, you know, it's it's starting to grow and, and Monica's work in getting the word out, uh, some of the marketing and the banners is helping. Um, and I do encourage uh, all of us to attend that first Wednesday. Any questions on this item? Okay, Scott, Monica, any other updates uh, from the marketing?
11: The only other update I'll mention really quickly is that we are uh, we have CDA working on uh, promoting the opening day on the Bay, uh, which also coincides with Earth Day. So if you have ideas around um, local uh, businesses or members of the community that are supporting sustainability efforts or doing something special for opening day on the Bay, please let me know. Um, there are a few stories that are in the works with um, some bigger magazines Um, we want to make sure that we get them as much information as possible so just send me a note separately um, would be really helpful
8: thank you
4: I just want to also echo um, my thanks to Scott because he has really helped get the word out and Abbott has as well so we've got a team going with Kimber and Abbott and Scott and I think it's really made a difference as we've sort of started from the beginning and now we're really kind of cooking along. So I think it's really great. Scott's a good partner on all of this. So thank you.
1: Great, um, Vice Chair Cass Green.
3: Thank you. Um, Scott, I would suggest that you talk to the sustainability committee. Yeah, maybe you already have and, and see um, who might wanna help out there. And then I just wanted to thank Monica for everything she's done for Wednesday Night Live because it's amazing. I mean, she just built that from nothing into something that's really fantastic. So go, Monica. Thank you, Cass. Thank you. Um, Tom, I didn't see you got any
4: agenda. Is it under new business or you want to talk about? I have two things to talk about um,
1: some time. Monica? Um, yes? Your Comcast provider has let you down again.
4: I know, I, I'm telling you, they've been out here. Okay, I just wanted to find out, is any a tenant activity, is that under new, new business? Because we have a couple things to talk about there.
1: Um, why don't we finish up with this marketing and then we can uh, discuss that then. Okay. And then, under, under the new business would be good.
4: Okay. And Marin City?
1: So you can discuss the Marin City uh, options right now.
4: You're, right
1: you're,
4: now? Yes. <sighs> okay. Let me see if I can do this. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Monica, sometimes if you turn off your video, it will give your bandwidth more. So maybe turning off your video, we can hear you better. Okay, great. Thank you. Um,
11: see.
4: Can we see this? Yes, we no. can. Yes. Your screen, it says you are screen sharing.
1: We see it, Monica. Great.
4: Thank you, Tom. I apologize. Okay, I apologize. I have had Comcast out here twice and new boosters and everything. So we'll have to find something else. So um, last week, Tom and I met with some of the leaders in Marin C and we worked on a number of ideas for collaboration, which is very, very exciting. They're just tickle pink. And we're really excited to come up with some of these ideas. And so we wanted to bring them back and talk to everybody about them. Um, And this is a list of some of the events that we discussed that we will try to implement. And definitely, Tom has um, scolded me for taking on too much. So we want to have some help um, on all of this and and get some folks involved that are from the ship and whatnot. Because for the the 4th of July parade, we already know that the performing stars are going to be marching in the parade. And then the idea came about, and I think it was Tom that came up with this idea that EDAC uh would perhaps partner with um Marin City for and bring in Marinship and other volunteers in, in town to build a float for the fourth of, of July parade which I think is a fabulous idea and it would be really fun um to connect the two communities in a job that really was fun and lively and how does um uh, participate in this city's uh um, for the July parade. And uh, we would talk about taking some of the funding that we've gotten uh, for EDAC in support of this and buy materials and things like that. So that's one of the things. The second thing that came about that was an interesting idea is there's a lot of history in um, Marin City and Marin Ship. Uh, one of them is about a um, a uh, Supreme Court case that was tried and actually won by Thurgood, Thurgood Marshall. And the Marin City of uh, uh, Theater has developed a play called Joseph James and it will be presented in Marin Civic Center. And then we want to bring it back down here and present it at the Center for the Arts, assuming we get all of that tied together. So that's another September thing. Then they have a big event for uh, Labor Day weekend. And we we're talking about some other ideas that we have uh, found that they're doing that they're not bringing outward, and we can bring them into our city and help them display. Uh, one idea I think is there are 300 veterans in Marin City that have never been recognized, so we could do a really cool combined uh, Veterans Day, um, Veterans recognition, even a parade downtown, and maybe a Marine band or something like that. So all of these things are things that we discussed. Um, that we think we can make some good progress in. So we're bringing it up to EDAC to discuss and to participate and to volunteer and help help out. Tom,
1: you can- I was sharing, Monica set up a great meeting with three community leaders in Marin City. Um, I, I was just really impressed at how much content they have and how many events that they put on, but it's all kind of kept in Marin City. Like you have to go there to you know, learn and we, we can't wait saying wow how can we bring some of that content information education into Sausalito and that's where some of these ideas came from um, you know to have a float that really talks about the the t- over 20,000 uh, African- American black folks who worked in the Marine ship right during World War II. and if we can have a float that really just educates us on that we amazing um, to learn that there's 300 veterans that haven't been recognized and and doing something for Veterans Day. A Black History Month. They put together so much great content for Black History Month. We hope next year during Black History Month, we can feature some of that in Sausalito. So these are ideas and we have lots of hands up. Um, so we're gonna uh, open this up to, I'll go in order. Um, Vice Chair Cass Green, please.
3: Just real quick, um, Monica, did you by any chance talk to these community leaders about applying to EDAC? Yes, we did. Great, okay. Good for you. Yeah. thank you. Yeah.
13: Rachel
6: yeah I just wanted to say um, I'm so excited about this project and um, hopefully if I am uh, able to serve a second term I would very much like to support this work especially as an artist and I've been um, sort of getting to know some of the people that are part of the gallery and the art space and so I would just really love to work with them on this float and I have a lot of material and a lot of stuff to add to it so thank you for Thank you for getting that going. And I'm excited to see
1: where that can go. Rachel, we were hoping that you would get excited. (laughs) Uh,
14: Don. Yeah, I just want pardon me, just wanted to add uh, as a Sausalito history nut, that uh, things, I'm I'm just thrilled to see us doing this because things like having an important civil rights case take place in the Marin ship. And my office is there and just looking around and knowing that You know, I'm walking around in the middle of where these important historical events took place. So I I just also want to say that I'm just thrilled to see this bringing together because so much of the histories are all intertwined and we should operating as one historical site is really the the way to go. So I just wanted to applaud what's going on.
6: Thank you. Um, Julie. I just wanted
1: to ask
4: Monica, actually Chris Gallagher's on this, if uh bay model has anything that's going on for uh, opening down the bay that maybe you would be able to give Scott some information about what's going on down there of Sea Trek or any Matthew Turner if any of them have anything for Scott that you might be able to give him.
1: And also Malcolm I don't know if you got any more feedback from calling around any of the merchants on how we might be able to help them for
13: opening season uh, I do um, with a fairly short discussion everyone I've talked to I got to about half of the sport boats and I think almost all of the waterfront uh, boat businesses uh, in the zone here they're all super excited about the phone app or the mobile app um, but no one wanted to really participate in developing <laughs> what the sort of content they want So I think what we need to do is get that phone app sort of launched and show them what we're doing with c Trek. c Trek will probably be the first one to jump on board and actually help develop something like that. Um, Owners of c Trek are a little distracted right now because they have a brand new baby, Um, but when they um, come up for air, uh, they would be really happy to get in on something like that. And then I can take it to and once I can actually display it on my phone, I could take it to uh, several businesses here that I think would also like to participate in having some sort of presence there. Uh, and I think the same for the city website, if there was like an activities tab uh, that they could get into, uh, they would really like to do it. But we're gonna have to sort of feed it to these very, very busy businesses that don't really have time to think about advertising. Um, the general consensus, other than the boats, uh the charter boats and the kayak rentals and uh, paddling rentals is that they don't really need to advertise much because they're already so busy um and trying to expand and retain help so uh there's interest but we'll have to do most of the heavy lifting before they get involved
1: okay um you know what we're hoping is using some of our marketing dollars to promote some of these businesses um to make sure that they are doing well so if you if you have a list of businesses you think that could benefit from that marketing, please so pass that to Scott and the CDA We don't have a path to have a phone app just yet. Um, but, uh, you know, featuring some of these businesses on one of our sites does make sense. And then, uh, Julia, I kind of cut you off in your question to Chris. I don't know if... Uh... I heard it. Okay.
12: I heard a question.
1: Uh, Chris, I see your hand up, so
8: we'll pass to you
12: yeah so uh to answer julie's question first is um i know the matthew turner will be going out on opening day um and then the weekend i believe it's april 23rd 24th uh that third fourth weekend of april they're having sort of an open house down here where people can come down and They'll have some activities associated with the Science uh, science Learning Center, as well as the Matthew taking some tours on the boat. Uh, so I know that's happening. Um, as Malcolm just said, Galen has just had a new baby, so he's kind of distracted. Um, but I was gonna go back to the Marinship celebration. In 2017, that was the 75th anniversary of Marinship. And the city did a whole series of celebrations each and every month about marinship and the historical society Uh, uh, Jim Meyer and Jerry Taylor spearheaded that and so many of us had different celebrations each and every month celebrating marinship and there was a float in the parade and I even uh, the Sausalito Rotary uh, dedicated their event that year to the Marineship workers. And at that time there was still three women in Marin City that worked in Marineship. And so they were our honorees. So I'm a big fan of not recreating the wheel. Um, so I would say, whoever's gonna take that on, make sure you touch base with the Sausalito Historical Society and get those records and list of events and stuff because we all took a huge role in celebrating marinship and it wasn't that long ago so 2017 I still have the commemorative poster in the bay model about that and there was a whole series of events each and every month on marinship in Sausalito that's
1: awesome news thank you Chris
8: Mr. DeRay, John thanks tom um i think the other thing uh not mentioned every day uh she has you know, the, the bay model has an amazing exhibition in in, uh, in the bay model of uh marine ship and you know it's really really tells an amazing story with all the artifacts so um that's one thing uh and also um i wanted to mention that for the last few years um the um, Historical Society, uh, the Working Waterfront Coalition and Alliance Club has um, put up posters along Bridgeway on Memorial Day and um, Veterans Day, and I can show you one of them. I can share my screen and show you one of them. I'm allowed to do that. Tell me when you see that. Share. Hold on. Share
1: it's coming up john nice
8: yeah so i uh, worked with jerry taylor and um created i think eight of these and put them along bridgeway so um you know and we intend to do it again so it's not on on the list that uh monica showed but um let's not forget that memorial day is an important day when it comes to uh this kind of history as well so Uh, If I can unshare, stop share. Okay, that's it, thank you.
1: Thank you, John, this is great information. Um, Any other questions or comments on the marketing and events update? Okay, Uh, normally we have a report from CDA, but we'll get that next time with the metrics. And, um, but this time, why don't we open up for public comment on what's listed as item 4B, marketing and events update.
0: Mr. I see no hands raised for this item. Okay. Um, okay,
1: any comments before we move on to our next item? All right, a lot of great things are happening. Um, thanks to those of you working on that. Uh, Scott and Monica, you're hearing a lot of it. I know Cass has been very involved, uh, but thank you all. And Don, um, there's a weekly meeting that folks are jumping on and Julie's on it Uh, a number of folks like really trying to push on these events and kind of bring our local community to the town and really uh celebrate this time we'll move on to item 4c on the agenda is an update from Rachel and John on the marineship inventory Um, and so Rachel or John
8: Um, I can start uh, Tom and then I'll hand it over to uh, Rachel. Um, So we've been uh, working on this uh, for, I think about six months now. And I think uh, we kind of agreed that we got to a point where we should pass on to the city what we have. Uh, We've not completed it, but we've uh, we've gone uh, quite a bit into it and a lot of shoe leather in this. Uh, mainly by by um, Rachel and I, and um, Malcolm did some work on the uh, the boat yards. and then we had some residents who volunteered in this as well. Um, and um, I think we're at a point now where some of our data from six months ago is becoming quite stale, and vacancies and and businesses, you know uh, in some cases have moved on. and so um, it's important that we get this. Uh, uh, out there the other thing is you know we, we've we had a variety of of experiences out there um, some of them have been good but some of them have not been very good um, we've gotten a fair amount of pushback and even more recently um, not being able to get into buildings you know security guards not letting us in not acknowledging who's even in the building um, people have opened the doors and kind of closed them again in in our face and Um, You know, there's been some unpleasant experiences and, you know, realize all we're asked, we're not asking for business licenses. We're never asking for anything like that, just the the name of the business and what the business does. Um, So, uh, um, you know, I think what we realized is what happened 10 years ago, um, where the city had a volunteer who worked on this for four or five months full time um that's a little bit different than having a group of volunteers doing it you know a couple of one or two hours uh a week um for you know several weeks and so um i think we're at a point now where we've realized this is not the, the the most efficient way to get the best data and um you know i i think a a suggestion perhaps would be that a more official request from the city, go out to the property owners to just list who's on their property. I think it's kind of that simple. Um, and uh, so we're, we put that out there and, um, and anyway, so I'll hand it over to Rachel. She'll, she'll uh, present what we compiled and, and sort of caveats as to uh, go along with the data that she's uh, presenting.
6: Absolutely. Thank you, John.
8: Sure.
6: You all ready to go on a spreadsheet journey with me? Uh, Stay with me. I'll try to make this as fun and interesting as possible. Okay, so um, let me just make sure you're in grid view so I can see all of your faces. Okay. So um, here is the sweet sweet spreadsheet that we've been working on and here's the inventory that you can see line by line. We worked off of the data like we've mentioned many times from 2011 and so we looked at street address, business name, business type, and use type. Um, I just want to start here with a couple of numbers so you get a sense of the whole thing so we had a count of 849, and um, 181 of that is grandfathered properties, which I've noted here. So those are office buildings that existed before the Marinship specific plan was adopted, and they were not prioritized. And so of that, we um, surveyed 496 um, individual addresses, and that's approximately 74 percent of the total if you remove what's grandfathered. So just starting with that piece, um, I wanna also speak a little bit about use types. So very complicated if you really were to um, get into making sure that you had all of the potential use types listed from the 2011 survey. So this was one of the graphs um, that was in that report that was a little bit more top level. And we went along with those parameters and that criteria and looked at these buckets. So looking at that, now we're gonna move to the summary data. And the first count, the first graph here, chart, um, it looks at all of the buckets including unknown and the second one is just your key categories that um we deemed to be uh like i said important and following in the same criteria as the 2011 survey so let you look at this for a second um a couple of things now this art Bucket is is rather large because um, there are so many units in the ICB. As you can imagine, I think it's 150 altogether, a lot of artists who are subletting. So, like that's something to know. And then, um, what else would I like to know? Industrial. This 14% industrial includes it's like light industrial and uh, marine industrial. So, those were put together. And then um, applied art and art were broken out because applied art, um, as it was partitioned last time, is um, like in, uh, interior designers and photographers and more physical ways that art happened in our community versus art, which is just um, fine artists. So, there's that differentiation. Um, And I think that uh, the challenge that we really ran into is this unknown bucket because there were many places that we as John just mentioned did not have access um, or um, it was not clear or easily accessible information. And a very small percentage of vacant and also this could even be a lower number right now uh, there were a couple of vacancies we looked at last year that I think have been since filled so again like John said like we're really running into some issues with the data being stale Um, when this happened it was you know in, in 2011 it was a concerted effort over four months or six months with one person and really you know I think we've done a phenomenal job considering how how little time we were able to spend physically on the ground going door to door um and or cross-referencing the directories and online information so um any other little thoughts you'd like to add John, on this
8: um just to clarify uh rachel on line 11 and 12 there we do have industrial marine oh yes and marine commercial together so yes i think that is not included in industrial correct
6: no, um, so uh, Marine Commercial Services are any of the businesses that fall more into the category of an office, but are still Marine. Um, and then industrial Marine is, that's right. Yeah. Yes, that was separated out. Thank you. I originally put them together, but I think right. I took them out. Thank yeah. you, John.
8: And, and the other Thank thing to, to realize, I, I think is, you know keep in mind, this is just, uh, count, um, of businesses. So, you know, one artist is the same count as, as one boat yard, basically. So, um, it's not square footage, which would be ideal or sales or, or anything like that. Um, it's what was done 10 years ago. And, you know, I think it's perhaps a starting point for the, the city to look at things like business licenses, um, Uh, occupancy permits and uh perhaps some uh, zoning violations um but uh i think uh you know we 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 did a lot here and um uh wanted to submit it to the city and and see what they would like uh, to do with this going forward next step um, Councilmember
1: sobieski you had your hand up
2: well, yeah, I did. John actually answered my question because I was going to ask if it was by count or by square footage, um, and he said it's by count. Uh, is there any way even to get a swag on the square footage? Because by the count, of course, this is you know a surprisingly positive picture to be honest. But I bet by the square footage, it would not be as positive as this <laughs> box because that sixteen percent probably adds up to a lot of square footage. Um, so is there any way to take a swag of that? Because you know the addresses, so you kind of might be able to know the square footage approximately.
8: Um, is there? Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that a little bit. I'm not sure. Yeah, so square footage. Um, one person working in a big shop. Uh, I don't know. Get something to talk about. Possible. I mean, if, if if the answer is that you
2: know all the potential violations in the marineship of uh, of zoning are 16 percent, I mean that you know, that would be the, presumably the worst case here if I'm reading that correct.
8: Um. No, yeah. no. We we looked. We did not look at at all at any violations. This had nothing to do with violations. We didn't categorize them at all.
2: I'm just presuming that someone who closed the door in your face they didn't want you to know it. Well, not
6: doing. necessary. Well, not
8: necessarily. uh, (laughs) I'll be a correlation
6: with some of those yes
8: yeah the 16 percent though um you know maybe we we went there and we had no idea what was there the door was locked and there was no indication um a good example is the yard that is adjacent to Spalding you know um no idea what goes on there I've tried a half a dozen times to knock on those doors and get in there and I think Tom Riley was with me once, and Rachel was with me once, and you know that's kind of an example. Uh, no idea if there's a violation in there or not, because you can't you can't find anybody, and there's no business on the on the doors. So,
2: well, I want to congratulate you because I, I think getting 16% uh, not getting 16% response is pretty amazing, actually. Um, so good work on getting 84% coverage on your target. I you know I know you're frustrated not to get that last 16% but I actually am kind of astonished by your data so congratulations. I, I'm
1: going to you. John, Rachel, Malcolm. Uh, it is a tremendous amount of work that you you've produced and so thank you for that this is great insight. One of them was just to understand our diversification this really gives us some great data points. I did have one question on um, the six percent vacancy which sounds like a good vacancy number but i saw that that is 77 spots and it seems like we have an opportunity to find 77 new businesses and of course every new business that fills it you know pays taxes and um is there any thinking about how we could help as a committee to identify the vacancies and types of businesses and
8: it's 24 spots right was it 20, I thought hey. it,
6: it's 24
8: 24 yeah
6: yeah and that might even be 20. i think it might be 20 because there were i think there were three that we're uncertain about potentially even four so i'd say i would say like let's just say around 20 give or take so 20 spots um several of those were in the icb
1: any sense from the landlords, if they're having a hard time filling spots, you know, kind of like we, look, we know in the retail sector is kind of. Stuff right now.
8: Well, Tom, that's a good question. And, um, you know, I I think um, it's interesting when you look at, at sources like LoopNet, um, uh, I looked the other day, there are zero Marineship vacancies on LoopNet. Now, I know there's other sources. I don't have access to them. I think Monica may that she can give us, but there, there's no vacancy in the Marineship on LoopNet. However, if you go to Craigslist, there's a bunch of vacancies on Craigslist. But here's the interesting thing. Uh, you know, months ago, there was a plenty of vacancies on LoopNet, but all this time, there has not been one industrial vacancy um, noted. All the industrial spaces are advertised as office spaces. So, you know, when I look at these vacancies, I kind of categorize them in three ways. There's there's long-term vacancies, which um, happened during COVID. There's short-term vacancies, which I think we see now, you know, a portion of these. And then there's also, um, and always has been these induced, become induced vacancies where landlords, um, they don't want an industrial tenant at uh you know a competitive rate you know two dollars a square foot or less Mm -hmm. they'll hold out for three dollars a square foot and above uh to get an office tenant in a roll-up door space and um you know i have mentioned over the months uh how we've lost different industrial uh, tenants because of that the latest was the, the guy who did the robot integration work and uh, very frustrating, but um, you know, I, I think um, one thing we can do is is to start to solicit these businesses who may want to come into Sausalito, into the Marineship and, and you know, compile a list um, for when real openings happen that we can slip some of these, or offer some of these businesses or match these businesses with some of these um, With these landlords but it's a real problem um to uh to fill an industrial zone uh with some industrial businesses when you know you can go to san rafael for half the price um and uh you know it's one thing if uh if the community doesn't want industrial but know when I was on the general plan advisory committee there was a there was an agreement that this this town wants a working waterfront and not just along the waterfront you know um you look at some of the other businesses there's some very innovative businesses in the marineship and the community likes that so it's a problem that uh I don't know I guess city council is going to have to deal with at some point. Yeah and I
6: would just share that I think it would be really wonderful to look at the square footage and I am wondering if that is something that now that we're handing this data over to the city if it's possible for the city to look into that and potentially find someone you know who an auditor or someone has a professional relationship with mapping cities now that this is available
13: let me chime in for just a minute but it seems like the end game here is we need to see data like this related to sales right um for say boatyards, the small marine service businesses, artists, uh, machine shops, compare it along with hotel, restaurant, uh, professional office space, uh, storage businesses. That would be really helpful metrics, I think. So we can sort of start figuring out where our our most profit, uh, profitable businesses types are, and then let's try to recruit more of those.
1: Um, You're spot on um, and that's what I hope uh, when we have our HDL presentation next month um, we'll see the granularity and how they divide up all those revenues and what the sectors are and then we can map it actually to this data right um, it'd be interesting to know how much revenue do we get from all those artists <laughs> and, uh, and that's a lot of square footage but um, yeah so I think we'll get a second piece of it in our next meeting and we can start mapping that. Um, and uh, that, that'll be good data for us to have. Okay, any other questions on this so far?
6: I think last thing to note from our end is that um, we're gonna spend, if it's okay with everyone, we wanna spend just a little bit more time looking at the data and making sure that all of the categories make sense before we fully hand over all of the data to you. Um, but want to just check in of what the expectation is at this point.
1: Um, Well quite frankly the three of you exceeded my expectations with this data. Um, I am I'm comfortable if you take the next month of finalizing the data um, and then we got to figure out who in the city we sit down with with this data right to educate them on it and determine what are the actions we can have. So yes. That
6: sounds good to John. John, does that sound good?
1: Yeah, sounds great.
6: Great, thank you.
1: Okay, Um, I see Vice Chair Cass Green.
3: Thank you. Um, I just want to really commend you guys for this work. That's a lot of hard work. Uh, And I I really am fascinated by the information. Uh, Also uh, with the business license tax, if the city will give us access to the data, we should be able to literally map the um, the location of revenues because they, the business license taxes are tied to an address. And so I know the data is there, it's just whether you can get access to it or not. And
1: Cass, I'll answer that. Um, I do know because of privacy or what have you, we're not allowed to understand the, the business taxes by business. It's gonna be in categories. Um, in the categories that are real small, there's only one or two, we probably won't get that data, right? it's gonna be rolled up into we can't identify the taxes back to any specific business.
8: Um, I think perhaps and, and maybe Chris can can uh, uh, Chris Apata can uh, opine on this. I believe you're referring to the sales tax. No sales tax. No, no, no. I think I think Tom is answering it okay. from a sales tax perspective. I believe the business license tax the city has, and you know that that's I think does not have the same level of of privacy as sales tax it's just a, a you know a form filled out and a tax paid to the city so um that's my understanding i could be wrong but the business license should be you know rather straightforward now i will say i would not be surprised if there were you know maybe even a couple of hundred businesses that are not paying a business license tax for a variety of reasons the, Uh, The top is perhaps because they don't know they should be. They get spaces in one of these buildings and the landlord does not tell them the first thing about an occupancy permit or a business license. They just move in. Right. So, um,
7: thank you.
1: Um, Bob?
7: Has there been any discussion, well, one comment I have, and I think I mentioned this at the last meeting, is that, um, you know, our uh, one of the canvas guys, Starbucks, has left and, you know, retired, but his crew moved to Richmond. Um, and a lot of it is consolidation and cost. And then we get our sales from north that, barely needs a loft anymore other than for some repairs because all their stuff is made in, all their sales are made in Sri Lanka. And I'm just curious, um, you know, have, have we talked with any industrial brokers, particularly John's comment about San Rafael as a less expensive place to go. You know, a lot of folks are moving over to Richmond and just like we spoke with the retail brokers to, help, to kind of give us a download of their perspective of our retail market, should we? Should we? I, I, I'd raise my hand to go try to get a couple of the industrial folks that I know and ask them to kind of give us a deep dive on on their opinion and what they're hearing from prospective tenants, uh, you know, about going into Tosaledo. It hasn't been done. Yeah, uh, it, it, uh, I,
8: I've seen data from um, uh, Cushman, I think, um, the, the data, uh, I think what you'll find out is that they will say, well, no, why would we go into Sausalito at, at uh, Sausalito's um, industrial rate is double, more than double the uh, rate of uh, the average rate of Marin County, more than double, and it is by far the highest. So, you know, w- nobody would want to come here or very few would want to come here at that rate. So this is the problem, you know, when, and, and you mentioned uh, Canvas, I guess you're talking about Starbucks Canvas, um, where uh, the owner of that business, yeah, he retired. retired. Yeah, he retired, but you know, the biggest Canvas shop in town, which is uh, CanvasWorks uh, at, the, at the end of the, the pier um, by Bay Model, they're trying to expand and they can't find room to expand. So um, as you recall last meeting, we had two public comments from people who wanted to come in here. One of them was protector boats. That was a written comment. He wants to find a space to to sell these $100,000 boats. um, The other one was Bay Area Marine Services. This, these folks live up in Marine City and they have a, a marine service business they want to move here can't find space there was another one. Oh, marine and applied research and exploration and they can't find a space here so the demand I think is here what's what doesn't make sense is if the property owners are pricing their places where they're they're, they're um you know dissuading these folks from being here this is the, this is the issue um the 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 easiest way to fill your property uh to fill your vacancy is to lower the lease rate and you know this is this is the issue and that's why i say it's a bigger issue that i think the city council has to weigh in on um because uh there are people that do want to come here but you know from a business decision makes it very difficult to stay here
1: john do any of our 20 vacancies map to those three businesses you just talked about?
8: Well, one of them is, uh, you know, needs a waterfront business, needs to be able to haul out. Um, So not right now, no. Um, uh, At least, yeah, some kind of a haul out, a trailer or something. And and there's no place in Sausalito to do that besides Clipper, and I don't think Clipper allows that for anybody except KKMI. Um, And, you know, the the other one, uh, he's been talking to, Schoonmacher. So there's a possibility that uh, there's going to something's going to happen at Schoonmacher. And last I heard was there's a space coming up in eight months that may fit. So.
6: I can also say that I think it's approximately 17 of those vacancies are uh, an office building. And many of them may have been filled in the last six months. But at one point, they were mostly on gate five in an office building. So not an industrial space. A few had roll up doors.
1: Thank you. Okay, watching the clock, hopefully we can get through a couple more uh, questions. We'll go to public comment and then we'll move on. So um, Malcolm, you've had your hand up. Yeah, just
13: relating to sales tax. And I wanted to uh, just correct something that John mentioned a minute ago. Uh, protectors, a um, $100,000 protector would be a pretty ratty old one. Uh, we just sold a decent used one for 300000 and they go north of $600,000. So um, yeah, that generates a pretty sizable chunk of sales tax. But that got me thinking, you know, we don't collect sales tax as a yacht broker. We incur it on the part of the boat owners. I hope that somehow is getting factored into the revenue um, as it circles back to the city. That's way above my skill set. Um, you know, I'm much more down in the trenches here, but um, you know, there's half a dozen yacht brokerages in town, uh, all generating a ton of sales tax. It's what, 9%, close to 9% um, per sale, unless the boat is uh, is immediately taken out of state or out of the country. I know most of our uh, sales stay right here in the, either in the city of Sausalito. That's where everyone wants to be, right? Um, or they stay locally to California. So uh, I don't know how that works out uh, f- directly feeding the city coffers, but all those sales tax uh, sales tax revenues get split up a bunch of different ways, but we don't report sales tax. So I'm not sure how's that
8: accounted for. Does anyone here know? Yeah, Malcolm, I was earlier, I was at the finance meeting and uh, the HDL uh, there was some data presented uh, by city staff uh, for, for sales tax and it listed the top twenty five sales tax um, in the city and all of the yacht brokers were in that top twenty five.
1: yay that yeah Well I think we'll have a good discussion at our next meeting with HDL that can answer some of questions right um, So I saw. Teresa, had her hand up that's now down. Teresa, do you have a comment?
3: Oh, I was just gonna say, um, you know, uh, one point of comparison or jumping off in terms of revenue and square footage in the Marin ship would be to go back to the 2019, 2020 land economic study. I mean, that was part of what they were supposed to be and did look at, so that would be a good point. They also did an update in September of 2020 to see how the pandemic then was affecting the economics of the city. So if you're going to be looking at that, that would be a good jumping off point to kind of start at.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good data in that land economics study. Um, it'd be interesting. Maybe I'll, I'll try to figure out how to get it to our EDAC folder on the city site so that everyone has access to it. I'll put a pointer for you guys. Bob,
3: um, um, it may be in there. I think I found it there once, but I'm not sure.
1: Um, and I, there's lots of great data on the website under the EDAC you know, folder. So um, uh, a place to just, if you have free time and you want to wade through a bunch of documents, you can go look there. Monica. There's a,
4: there's a posting that says EDAC virtual binder. And I think a lot of the documents are in there.
1: Yes, good.
3: On, on our website.
1: All right, well on this, um, thank you to the three of you for just tremendous work and the data you presented. Um, we, I'll give you another piece of the puzzle when we meet with HDL uh, next month. And as you refine the data, um, I will have a discussion today with Heidi and Chris on how we can present this data in the city and uh, convene with you guys to figure the next steps. Um, what I'd like to do now is just open up to public comment on item 4C, which is the update on the membership inventory. So Serge, can
0: you help me with that, please? It looks like we do have a hand raised, Kevin Carroll. Kevin, you've been unmuted and asked to share your video.
1: Welcome,
15: Kevin, and thank you for
1: joining us today.
15: Good afternoon. Um, yeah, just a couple comments. One, um, I really would be interested in hearing a comparison of this study with uh, business licenses. Um, a couple of years ago, I brought up the fact that Cab companies in Sausalito are required to have city business licenses if they any vehicle substantially operates, even if we don't have an office anymore in the city. And before COVID hit, we had 15 different cab companies operating in the city and only two of us were paying um, for business licenses. So I think that might be an interesting correlation to see Um, the marinship properties versus how many have business licenses and maybe that might even relate to some people that aren't aware of paying their sales taxes Um, and then just generally at some point down the road I know it wasn't this committee's responsibility but I would think would be really fascinating in addition to square footage is number of employees full-time and part-time at these businesses Uh, I know some of the artists who have places in the ICB and it's just them by themselves, occasionally using the facility, whereas that office number is so low and yet there's some pretty big sized offices in that area. And I think the data would be interesting. Thanks. Thank you,
1: Kevin. Um, what you know, we all have our favorite taxi company. (laughs)
15: Um,
1: (laughs) Yours. Okay. Any other, uh, Public comment, search. I don't see any.
0: All right, any- There, are, any there are no other hands raised.
1: Thank you, Serge. Any concluding comments before we move on to our final business item?
6: I had one last thing. Yes, I just wanted to share, I have this image, this idea, um, and this may, may be naive of me, but I can only imagine how awesome it would be if there could be a round table with the property managers in the marineship and the city manager maybe city council someone I don't know if this is an option but I think it would be really cool if there could be a conversation because I think that not all of the people are at the right table right now in order to move some of the things forward that need to happen and I know that that might not be in their best interest but I think that if that could happen um, it would be really amazing and I think that would be something that would actually generate change so I'm thinking in a slightly different direction it might be naive just want to put it out there plant a seed so thank you
1: I think it's a good seed to plant Rachel and it's not naive I mean, we've had and Monica's done some great roundtables between the city manager and landlords and different types of merchants uh this could be yet another that we could consider and how we want to structure what we want to learn
6: I appreciate that I did not know that that's very cool
1: um and, and our city manager has been very open to meeting with different you know stakeholders throughout the city so I'm sure he would be uh open to it okay at this time I'd like to um, oh I see uh Ms. Gallagher has her hand up Chris
12: so just to Rachel's comment and this is probably not going to be a popular comment but um you know we've gotten well no i think it's i think it's great but i think along a, a, i think the history of bringing these people together they have really gotten worn out i mean i chaired the WAM committee we brought them together for that then the city had a marinship um committee after that and you know and then during the general plan There was a great amount of effort focused on the Marin ship and, you know, city listening groups and the big thing at the Spinnaker. And, you know, the word I get, you know, is they just feel like, you know, they get, they come together and nothing happens. So I'm not trying to rain on your parade, but I think there needs to be a different kind of strategy, a different kind of messaging that you know, to get these people to come out. And because they've come out before and nothing's changed, nothing's happened, nothing there's, you know, they've said the same things over and over and over. So, you know, keeping that in mind and not trying to structure it the same way the other meetings have gone. This is a unique environment down here, a unique community. So I just say that because I've been through these meetings enormous amounts of times. And they just, they're very frustrated and very feeling very defeated. And when they bring something to the city, nothing takes place. So my two cents.
1: Thank you Chris for that perspective. Okay. Um, At this time, I'd like to move on to item 4F. Recognizing we have 25 minutes left on our agenda. Hopefully we can be efficient. we had presented 12 potential future projects that we could work on to the city council. City council voted on them and um, there was four items that received a majority of the votes. So three of the five city council members that voted on. And I thought we would tackle those four projects first. Um, and I've asked a few of our council, our committee members to present potentially what could be an objective uh, or a goal for said project um, a deliverable and you know, give us some sense of like how we can begin tackling them And I was hoping to have just a five-minute conversation on each um, and for each of us to give input and so uh, the four just so we know as we walk through this uh, the first is to do a parking and traffic study the second is to do a brand development for the city uh, the third is to Pursue a business improvement district, and the fourth was to consider revising our formula retail requirements. And so, um, in no particular order, but I was hoping to go through um, with a couple of us leading the conversation. Um, we'll start with Bob, and Bob, if you give an update on parking and traffic study and um, what's being done there, and how we can help.
7: Or so this, I think, this originally came about uh, views of the. Uh, very landing potential project um with the parking lot down there as far as um you know you lose some spaces where do they go et cetera, et cetera? so um Bill Hines at SWA group has has done a phenomenal job uh you know dealing with parking lots one two three four uh bicycle pathways pedestrian pathways really Taken a deep dive in this, and uh, we had a meeting about two weeks ago with with SWA. Um, uh, Mike Wagner was there from the city. Uh, Kevin McGown was there from the city. Uh, Elliot was there uh, from uh, parking and traffic, um, and then we had uh, someone who was uh, recommended to us, a parking operator. He's um, parking. And, uh, and then Vince was there, Chellino and his group, who's also from the city's private sector side, had done a really deep dive, parking metrics. And um, so Vince, Vince brought out his data spreadsheets that are a mile long, and then Elliot uh, made a great presentation. Um, uh, it was really phenomenal. It was a heat map, basically, of... You know supply demand uh, parking in the city uh, based on all the data that the city collects um, bottom line what it showed was that you know June July August Saturdays and Sundays from 10 to 2 were jammed but other than that there's capacity um, and it's kind of the same data that Vince had so the idea is is it that, um, uh, that the, the city now would uh do two things one get a an updated market survey uh hopefully with with ace because ace really needs to work with um swa because swa it's got the lay of the land they've got all the layouts all the parking counts all the possibilities with you know all the streets down there etc so do a, a a revenue uh survey on market rates because We definitely feel like we're below market. Um, And then also at the same time with ACE, look at the opportunity to improve customer service and IE some valet when we know clearly based on the metrics where peak days are during the year, um, could we valet and get people out of their cars and stop roaming around downtown and get them into a lot uh, sooner and then also with that, um, you know, ACE brought up all kinds of examples in other cities where they operate, particularly waterfront like Laguna Beach, where they, they do a lot of, you know, as, as Julie mentioned, people always coming into the chamber, where can I go do this? Where can I go do that? Well, ACE does that when they have ballet lots where, you know, family gets out of a car. Hi, welcome. What are you looking to do? Et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so the idea would be with, I think, with um, with Mike uh, working with uh, Bill Hines, who's got all the layouts, and having Ace come in, uh, they can do a really good deep dive and bring our our efficiency parking, uh, and Elliot, by the way, Elliot has to be at the table also, between the three of them, um, really give us a snapshot into the future that if you brought parking operations and pricing to the 21st century this is what it would look like so um I think that ball effectively is in you know city in the city's court obviously under the, the guidance of uh of Chris uh our city manager so um uh but it was a we had a three-hour meeting and it was a phenomenal meeting and I and I have to give kudos to Elliot he uh He's been with the city, I think, for 20 years, um, and uh, really presented some really phenomenal data on parking supply and demand downtown.
1: Great, Bob. Th- thank you for offering your time there too, and your expertise. That's that's
2: important. I might just say one quick thing. Just uh, along those lines, is you know we have Cass here from the hotel, and Teresa, other people that are connected to different businesses in town, and um, we can only do the city always. Can do a better job about connecting everybody who wants to have input and know what's going on and um and with everything going on it's hard to make sure everybody is always um included so just through bob and through this edac charge to look at the parking it isn't just being turned over to bill hines in the city there's active contributions from bob and from edac and the invitation is to have um to have everyone here who feels like they have a stake or know anyone who has a stake to try to interface through Bob and me and Tom and anyone else to make sure that they are engaged in um, contributing to this uh, project as it's being looked at.
3: So, we would be happy to be involved as you know Ian the parking's a big big uh, concern for us so we would be if it's not me Mark you know we would be happy to be involved.
2: Yeah I think Mark was at the meeting actually.
3: I might oh, okay, about
2: that. that. Um, and Teresa I saw your thumb up there I guess it's just a reminder to you know if you want to hear from Bob or me you know call me or Bob and just make sure that uh, that if you're wondering what's going on that you're getting that you know what's going on in terms of looking at this so far I mean the, the bottom line is what Bob says the experts need to be brought to bear and the city's issuing their RFPs to bring the experts it's not just about having better parking but the city literally is leaving money on the table that could serve the interests of us all by not bringing parking to the 21st century. So there's a revenue opportunity, a classic win-win, a potential revenue opportunity with better parking availability uh, and better general circulation. But um, just because the experts are on it doesn't mean that uh, there's important contributions from all kinds of stakeholders. So you know, please step forward um, if you have any desire to, thanks.
1: Thank you, Ian. I am uh, the CTO for the meeting, chief time officer. So um, thank you for that update, Bob. This is exciting. And I, I think we have folks here who can really help out. So moving on to the next project, I'd like to ask Scott to give us his thoughts. Oh,
7: I think Chris has his hand
1: up. Uh, Mr. City Manager, Chris Zapata,
7: please. Take one
15: minute. Uh, yes, a lot of experts and a lot of expertise regarding parking in that room that day. I uh, just want to let the group know that, you know, we met this morning with
9: Bill Hines
15: and Kevin McGowan and Councilman Sobieski to talk about a path forward and an RFP. And just to be real clear with everybody, we love ACE. ACE is the place, but we have to go through a process. We're trying to figure out how we best do that so there is no implication that, you know, we've picked somebody's friend, cousin, or relative. That's the role of government. we got to do things uh, to protect the public in a way that is competitive. So so we're going to ramp that up. I just want the group to know that. Thank
1: you, Chris. All right, Scott, please give us your thoughts on what we can do to drive brand development.
11: Great, I'm going to share my screen um, really quickly here. Um, can everybody see my screen? And can I get a verbal yes, because I have? yes. Great. Um, so I'm going to move through this really quickly. I know you'll have questions and comments, but um, we will, there will be plenty of time for that later. Uh, for today, I'm just going to move through this really quickly. So. Um, after our last call, we were asked kind of, what, is a, what does a brand mean to Sausalito? Um, so I spent some time thinking through what would this mean for our community, um, as well as what, what it would look like. So um, what a brand is, it helps people to identify and differentiate Sausalito from other cities. This is sort of, you know, what we're known for. Um, it's what people refer, how they refer to us in a conversation, um, how we are perceived you know, Sausalito is it's that great waterfront destination. You know, they've got great views of the bay. Um it, it's it's what you're known for. Um it, it helps us to stand out, um, but it can also enhance our reputation. Um so when we think about recruiting other businesses, um, recruiting uh, and, t- and you know tenants and and more marinship uh, you know some so we were just talking through this um, the the vacancies and the marinship, we can fill that, you know, through having a better reputation as this not only this beautiful waterfront, but also a great place to do business. That's a part of our brand. Um, A brand, by the way, is not a logo or a slogan or an advertising campaign, Um, but that is what comes out of the brand. And so um, that will be a part of this, but um, but it really starts with understanding who Saucelito is. So some of the things we say about Saucelito now, uh, where uh, every unique and personal experience is sure to delight and inspire. Um, a city built on imagination where all of your inner enthusiasts have their day. Um, this language is from our destination Sausalito pages. If it doesn't resonate with you, it's because you're not the target audience. Um, this, this is really written for um, people coming into the city. These are for visitors. Um, and, and one of the things that we'll be looking to do is um, uh, talking about what are those elements of Sausalito's brand that really resonate with both residents and the business community that operates here, as well as visitors and those in the wider Bay area that would be coming into Sausalito. There are some components of Sausalito's brand um, based on my past conversations from all of you um, that we can uh, identify really quickly. There are some that are obvious and visible, like our beautiful waterfront, the maritime industry here, our access to outdoor activities, boating culture, houseboats, um, you know, a lot of great stuff here. Um, There's also some intangibles, those things that you can't Um, it's hard to describe sometimes, or or maybe you can describe it, but you can't point to it. That's the the salty side of Sausalito. We have a lot of history here. Um, There's also this wellness culture and sustainability um, as as a value of our community that we should be talking more about. We also, as you know, we have a lot of artists, but is that a value of the city? Is that a part of our brand? Are we known for that? I would argue that yes, we are, but how do we play that up more so all of these are just some of my notes. Um, next steps we need to gather feedback. So we'll be talking to the community, we'll be talking to local businesses, we'll be talking to visitors, um, hoping to partner with Julie uh, and the Chamber on um, you know talking to some of the visitors as they come through the city. Um, we'll be doing some competitive research looking to see what other towns that we compete with and and if you don't think we have a competition um, You know check the internet there's there's a lot of great opportunities where you think Sausalito would be listed as number one and actually we're we're number seven you know and of of little hidden gems in in California that you should check out um so we do have competitive competitors we want to know who they are Um, we're also going to be having more feedback from the EDAC group from city staff from our partners the chamber and and CDA and others um, it's really important that we get as much information here as possible so that we can come to consensus and, and determine what um, Saucy's brand really is. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the kind of objectives, deliverables and so on here. So um, the objective, we're, we're gonna put together some brand development recommendations, uh, proposal with recommendations that we can execute and we can implement. Um, some of that we'll be able to do with existing resources um, and just calling out some dependencies, we will need some city staff support. We will need some additional budget potentially, if depending on what we want to do. Um, so something that we, uh, based on the recommendations that come out of this, you know, we'll we'll need to evaluate what can we do with existing resources and what will we need um, additional support for. Um, and then just lastly, really quick update on timing. Um, I would anticipate that we can do focus groups uh, this spring in the next month or two. Um, and then as we as we move into summer months we'll be putting together some recommendations um, and then my goal is to um, really start the implementation of that um, in late summer and in the fall um, and so that we can really uh, have a kickoff to um, our, our, our next fiscal year um, we'll align with that and also um, kicking off to our kind of fall events season. Um, you know, the, the, the one thing I will say here is, um, you know, we can we can build a car, but we, we're gonna need gas to put in it. And, and I think that's the thing about putting together some kind of a brand development survey. Um, you know, we can put together the recommendations, but we really are gonna need volunteer support, um, budget and staff support to execute. So um, I, I look forward to your help in, in getting this done. Um, and with that, I will, uh, we'll stop talking and answer any questions. And I'll also send around these notes. There's a few more things in the appendix that you can look at uh, in terms of other examples of uh, brand campaigns that have launched recently.
1: Uh, one comment, Scott. We are so fortunate to have someone of your talent leading this charge. <laughs> so uh, I wouldn't know where to start. And that was uh, fantastic. And um, so I'll leave it up for questions from other members. All right, right. Um, that, that you nailed it. Can
2: you just, um, just, remind me, um, just to just to level set it, um, what's the scope of the branding in terms of the whole contract? Cause I know it's just a sub, it's just a sub piece of the, the whole, right? So
11: for, for what we're doing with CDA. Yeah. So currently there is not a brand component in the work that we're doing with CDA, we have them doing PR for us, social media and paid advertising. Um, so yeah this would be we would need to work with them to uh, change the scope of work um, or or reallocate resources from what they're doing and we can absolutely talk to them about that and and see what our options are Um, and 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 work with them you know where if we're doing some work on the volunteer front then maybe they're helping us implement Um, you know so there's there's a lot that we can do um, in, in with the existing relationship Um, And we may also be able to change the way we're engaging them to get more of their brain power as well.
1: All right, thank you, Scott. Um, I'd like to ask Cass and Monica to share their thoughts on what it means to pursue a business improvement district.
3: Thank you, Tom. I'm gonna share my screen. There we go. Thing. Yeah. Can people see that? Yes. Great. Okay. So this is for the Business Improvement District Subcommittee. Um, so our objective uh, is to determine the feasibility of, for Sausalito to establish uh, business improvement or development district, not development, sorry, for downtown and Caledonia business districts. Um, the deliverable will be a written report to EDAC with recommendations for next steps. I think the time frame is four months. Again, we're not going to try to put a business improvement district in place in four months. That would be impossible. What we want to find out is if there's actually a willingness among the commercial landowners to uh, go move forward with a, a, a commercial a business improvement district. Um, the dependencies is it's very dependent on the willingness of the building owners to establish a district. Um, if they are. If it looks like people are, then we're going to also need budgeting to hire a consultant to help us do that. Team members right now are Monica and I, um, and we twisted Teresa's arm so that she will join us also. We would love to have any other member of EDAC who is interested, please join us, uh, especially if one of you out there has done this before. If you've you've established an improvement district, or if you've just been part of an improvement district in some other city, um, we would love to have your expertise.
12: Um,
3: so, what is an improvement, a business improvement district? It's a defined area within which businesses are required to pay a fee in order to fund projects within the district's boundaries. And we're we're proposing now at this point that the district be Caledonia and downtown together. Um, the one consultant that we've met with has recommended that we really need to, you know, we're we are a small city and that we need to combine those and not try to have two separate ones. Um, The funding is primarily through the fees or the taxes, but it can also come from other places. Um, Typically, a district will fund the services that aren't currently being funded by the city, uh, such such as cleaning streets or providing security, making capital improvements. An example is a lot of people have been discussing, and we've been discussing it in the marketing committee, that it'd be really great to have lights uh, downtown on Caledonia and in, on Bridgeway and probably El Portal also. So um, that would be capital improvement. Construction of and street cape enhancement, and then general marketing in the area. That's what business improvement districts usually do. Um, so, and they are again, supplemental to, to what is already being uh, provided uh, by the municipality. Uh, how are they created? There's actually three different types in the state of California. Uh, and I'm just gonna talk about one of them right now, but the way it is established is local businesses give their city council a petition signed by 20% of the businesses within the district. And this is usually the landowners, not, not just the businesses. Uh, the council uh, then will have a ballot to all eligible businesses for the proposed improvement district. And if there's a majority in favor of it, the council conducts public hearings. The, the big thing here is that um, we have a lot of work to do before it would ever go to a vote, because we've got to make the case uh, to the business owners that, that this would be a good idea. So our next steps are to establish the business improvement um, district subcommittee. Right now it's Monica, myself and Teresa, but we, we're, we would really love some more expertise. The next thing is to meet with experts to understand the benefits and costs of a district. Um, And Monica and I are starting to do that right now. We have met with a consultant that Chris recommended, the marketing subcommittee, met with a consultant that Chris recommended. And um, then we're gonna also meet with people that actually have been part of establishing districts. Uh, After we get some real meets uh, about business improvement districts, we'll establish use cases that show what a business improvement district could mean for downtown and Caledonia businesses and then hopefully meet with and survey the commercial business owners uh, to present use cases, engage their interest uh, in the development of a district. And then the next step would be to develop a report and present to EDAC. So, you know, we've, I'm very enthusiastic. The end tide would be very enthusiastic to support a business improvement district, but we have to, and there are other, other commercial owners also would be excited, but there, we know there's some people that are really reluctant. So we need to first kind of find out if there's enough support. And then once we find out then, and if there is enough support, then we'll move forward to create the district. That's it. Good job, Cass, thank you. Oh, thank you, Monica. I'm sorry, Monica, I should have said, Monica, do you want to add to this? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I, no, sorry. I don't. Oh, sorry about I, that.
4: No, 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 we went through it together. and It's, it's totally a great presentation. I will tell that I've been involved in two bids, one in which we own property and one which I was a volunteer involved in it. And it really makes a big difference in the viability of the district. So I think this is a great idea if we could pull it together because the city going forward over the next couple of years, they're really gonna have their hands full with a lot of things. So if we can find a way to do something like this and partner with the city and maybe take a little bit of the load off of them you know I think that's going to be a really um, major change in the viability of our downtown we're sort of like lumbering along right now with not too many changes and I'm not suggesting we make some wild changes but we do need to have the lighting that would enhance we we need to have a lot more um, enthusiastic support from and united support from landlords and the businesses downtown which we're getting to but I think the bid would really um, enhance that a lot
1: so thank you uh, Monica, Cass and Teresa uh, for stepping up and anyone else who wants to help out this subcommittee, this will be great. Again, th- today is just to kind of set direction what we're doing to kick these projects off. We'll have plenty more times to come together as a team to work on. them. So before we go to public comment, we have one more item. Um, and I met that cause I see one of our members of the public with the hand up. Um, but I'd like to have Bob give us uh, just an update on what's happening around looking at formula retail uh, restrictions. So Bob, can you share some
7: thoughts on that? Sure, quickly, um, the formula retail uh, slash, you know, zoning, conditional use permit, minor use permit discussion came up as a result of uh, speaking with um, uh, a lot of the retail brokers um, and their perception of the difficulty of getting uh, retail leases signed. So um, we've had some conversations with the city, with, uh, planning commission and with Jim Moore the planning director and uh, they completely get it understand it um, are happy to to look at it Um, so I think the ball's in you know effectively city's court uh, to take the next step including with the city council I guess to decide is that you know a priority that they uh, they want staff to look at because it's really something that you know the the planning commission and planning department needs to take the lead on because it's you know starting to change zoning um, codes is is a very you know it's complicated and only they know uh, all of the steps that need to be taken in order to get it done so um, uh, that's where that's sits. Great Bob one of the
1: things I was thinking is much like we met Mike Wagner today which was very informative I you know, think an upcoming meeting to invite Jim Moore to come meet with us as well, would be a good discussion. I mm-hmm. uh, hear great, great things about him and another great hire by uh, Chris Oda. Okay, any questions for Bob before we go to public comment? All right, um, on item 4F, which are the, the summary discussions we had about the next four projects that we're gonna look at, um, I'd like to open up to public comment. And I noticed that Peter Van Meter has his hand up. Um, so Serge, can you unmute Peter?
0: Sure. Uh, Peter, you've been on and asked to share your video.
14: All right. Uh, thank you. No video today. Cast mute uh, you your screen, please. I'm sorry?
1: Uh, I was gonna ask Cass to unshare her screen. Thank you.
14: Okay, good. Well, I'll just take the opportunity to throw an opinion on branding and that is that I think what all of us saw the first time we came to Sausalito, you're coming down Alexander Avenue, you turn the corner and you see a historic village on the side of a hill. You see the outline of the bay, you see up above us, you know, a forest happens to be eucalyptus trees. In other words, you're looking kind of at the whole town in even that very first view. And to me, it's that image that really captures what is the brand of Sausalito. I don't know how you put that into words or marketing or whatever else, but uh, to me that's the essential characteristic of saucelito. So just an opinion uh, regarding your uh, business improvement uh, district. Um, I'll just make a comment that I hope it I hope it will work this time. But many many years ago, we did try to float the concept of forming a merchants association, which is a different kind of thing because a merchants association really looks after the mix of tenants. As spaces will turn over they kind of get together and say oh no we need this kind of store here to fill that vacancy won't be competitive with the rest of us but we'll actually make more of a draw so it's a different thing but no one stepped forward no one was interested no one was interested in among the merchants you know form such a thing so lots of luck this time i hope you pull it off because it'll be a wonderful thing but uh, that's my comments on those two topics mm-hmm.
1: Peter thank you and we all have the same image of driving into town so I think we're all like going we know the exact you know thought that you had thank you um all right at this time I don't see any other public comments so we will close this out thanks to uh, all of you for presenting these will be some fun projects to pursue a lot of hard work but really impactful so we're on item five uh which is staff up well staff and liaison updates um and uh, so I'll just go through real quickly, to see if our city manager, Chris Zapata, has anything to update us on at this point. If he's still with us, he may not be. I know he's very busy. Okay. Um, Heidi, would you have something else to share? Heidi, you're muted, it appears. uh yeah Heidi we can't hear you so Heidi um we'll go to our uh chamber ceo uh Julie you have an update for us or anything you want to share
4: um the only update that I have can you hear me yes okay the only update that I have is that we had a great um state of the union with our mayor and vice mayor and there was a over 50 businesses and residents um, that attended and it was a really good discussion. And so we have our next um, conversation with chief Robacher on the 29th, because there were a lot of questions that came out of that state of the city regarding um, the smashing grabs and grab different things that are going on within our community and our business community is really concerned. So um, that's my, that's my update. We've had some really good, uh, it was great to see everybody in person and at an event again.
1: Thank you, Julie. Uh, Either Councilmember Sobieski or Huffman, you have any updates you'd like to share with us?
2: I'm waiting for you.
4: I don't think so I mean Chris probably gave the biggest update which was the moving forward with the parking um you know direction um I don't have any update other than just to thank everybody for all this hard work and going through you know the council list um just now Tom was super helpful too so uh the great work I think from EDAC continues and I'll let Ian fill in any anything else you'd like to fill in
2: yeah I would just like to emphasize uh, progress you know I know uh there's always more to do and there always will be more to do. But gosh, that survey that uh, Rachel and uh, John Duray and Malcolm did, the, the, uh, the hire that Chris Zapata made and Mike Wagner to, for the first time in a long time, get a grip on our city property and how much that promises to affect our revenue and the professionalism with which we are a landlord uh, and what we can do when we get more revenue and have more professionalization not giving 40-year leases out uh, willy-nilly, but really doing things right. Um, The business improvement district you're talking about, the professionalization of our parking, which again, might make for better parking and more revenue to the city. Uh, All the issues everyone's participating in, it's just real progress, one step at a time. So um, kudos to everybody.
1: Thank you both. Um, Heidi, I don't know if you were able to unmute yourself. No, okay. Heidi, we'll just wave to you. Thank you for your support. Um, Okay, I think we had all that up. Just any other updates from any other committee members before we go to public comment? I see John has his hand up. John.
8: Um, I have a public service announcement. Um, uh, For folks that don't know, uh, there's a marineship documentary that's been produced by the Working Waterfront Coalition. It's being shown at the library this Friday, Abbott's showing it at 7.30. So 7.30, it's an hour and 15 minutes. So if folks want to attend, I think if you go to Currents, there's a uh, Eventbrite ticket uh, reservation there. So thank you. Thank you for that
1: announcement, Monica
8: just wanted to give a quick update
4: on some progress that's happening with uh tenants and things like that I've been working with a lot of the brokers um and there is a small space on Caledonia that has been leased next to uh the um not the warehouse what do you call it the um Street hardware store and it's a cute story apparently it's an 88 year old woman who's always wanted to have a bookstore and she's leasing the space for a year and so I think it'll be fun to go inside and take a look and really help support her. So that's really awesome. Um, Sparrow Creek, the property that was this school, a preschool is in escrow. So um, there are a a number of things that are being put forth from permitting, which I'll talk about at the very end, but um, that's actually a good step. And there's a backup offer. So we'll see something happening there on Caledonia I think we've talked about this and I, I I think people generally know that the distillery has signed a lease it does have some um, uh, milestones in it within which they have to move forward I'm meeting with the owner of that project on Thursday and we'll find out a little bit more about what help he might need or what hurdles he has so that's all great progress on Caledonia if all of those things come together um, we have I I have talked a little bit about the hotel Sausalito and that entire ground floor including Julie's um, chamber space is leased Uh, a cultivar restaurant which is a restaurant out of the city a winery uh, up north and they will be offering tapas wine bar and lunch and dinner uh, in that facility and we are kind of stuck a little bit in permitting so I'm going to try to make some get some help done on that but that would be a a dramatic change of our downtown because it's right there the center point next to the venue del mar I don't imagine they'll be complete with their constructions we're hoping they would be before the tenant I mean the tourist season but it's probably going to be delayed a little bit and there are two other tenants that I'm working with downtown Um, one of them I have just in your gut you know you just have this feeling it's going to work so we're walking through the review and the the uh, measuring and the layout of space plan and things like that. And Barrel House has also told me that they have somebody for their space. I've offered Barrel House to um, let me speak to the broker and they haven't stepped up on that, but um, I called him like once a week. So I'll see if we can make that happen. So there's a lot going on and, and each of the properties have their own unique difficulties with trying to get through permitting ADA or something like that. So I've asked uh, Jim Moore to meet me for 30 minutes to try to see if we can't come over a hurdle of all of this. However, he's so inundated with the housing element, you know, so we'll see what happens, but I think there's a lot of uh, good progress going there.
1: Monica, thank you. I keep telling you to slow down, but I love how much you get done. Um, So thank you. Um, John, you still have your hand up. I don't know that's from before your public service announcement or do you have anything else to say, John? Okay, John's hands down. All right, at this time, I would like to um, open up to public comment on item five, which were all the updates. Uh, is there any public comment at this time?
0: Chair Riley, I see no hands raised.
1: Thank you, Serge. So we're now on item nine, which is just our next meeting date and time. Um, I'm proposing that we have this, our next meeting, the first Monday of April, which would be April 4th from three to 5 p.m. Anyone opposed to that time? Wonderful. Um, My sincere apologies for going 12 minutes over today. Uh, Always try to work to stay on task, but this was a very good meeting. We covered a lot of ground uh, in a two hour time period. Thank you very much. At this time, I'd like to adjourn the meeting. Goodbye, everybody.